Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. To Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Philippi was named after Philip of Macedon, who was a king in Greece, whose son you probably have heard of. His name was Alexander the Great. And there's a place in Egypt called Alexandria. Well, who's that for? The, I heard it in uh, Arabic. They call it Alexander el Akbar, which means Alexander the Great. <clears throat> there's a place in Afghanistan called Kandahar. Have you heard of that before? It's from Iskandar, which means Alexander. So Philip's son got around. Well, in Philippi, uh, in Greece, one of the things that Christians have a tie to is a letter that Paul wrote to the church there. And really the letter addresses joy. Okay, so let me read this verse of scripture. And we want to deal with replacing our thoughts with praise. Replacing our thoughts with praise. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. This person said, I used to think that donuts were bad for my health. So I quit thinking. You know, Yoda said that, right? He said, do or donut. There is no try. So you know, what kind of donuts fly? Do you know what kind of donuts fly? Plain donuts. Right? We want to look at... <laughs> so I knew I could keep eating donuts, right? And get in shape, right? Because round is a shape, right? <laughs> so... I love donuts. I think I ate three donuts from Brother Chris. Uh, maybe three and a half because I ate part of my daughter's. I love donuts. So, But, okay. Thinking. I'd like to... So, the last part of this verse, and we're in a rejoicing challenge, and the last part of this verse said, if there be any praise. If there's any praise, think on these things. You know, the idea is, and if, I, and if you think about this, and, and if you carry this away with you, okay, because I want to challenge you to change your thinking in this Bible study by looking at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. The idea is, and this is something I thought about, okay, for my life, not, not throwing stones. If I can't praise God for the thought. Why am I thinking it? <laughs> if I can't praise God, if you can't say praise God, you know, and you know, and it's not a thought that is a, that is a Christian thought, 
why not replace it with something that gives God praise? So there's some different categories in here. Norman Vincent Peale, which was a preacher of yesteryear, he said, change your thoughts and you will change the world. Henry Ford said, very famously, he was the guy that made those cars with his name on them. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So there are some interesting studies on the number of thoughts. Have you ever thought about how many thoughts you have every day? So I don't know how they, you know, you read all this stuff, and I'm pretty skeptical when I read stuff. You know, someone tweets something or says something, so I, I dig a little bit. Well, there was a study at Queen's University, not in New York, but in Canada, Queen's University. And, and it was in 2020, and it uncovered this brain-based marker. So they could do a scan of your brain and monitor not what you were thinking, but what they could do is according to what their research said, okay? They could monitor when you switched thoughts. So they, they could monitor some type of marker that was changing as you changed what you were thinking. And from that, they determined that you have more than six thousand thoughts a day that's a lot that's over two million thoughts a year another source that i read said ten thousand thoughts a day and so our brains have 86 billion neurons and those are nerve cells which send and receive single signals to your brain they can live your whole life too right you know in case you start beating your head against the wall you can lose them and they don't go back but uh another source said that the brain can process up to 70,000 thoughts a day. I don't know what the real figure is, okay? Suffice to say, that's a lot of thoughts, okay? So if they're negative or if they're repetitive, we're missing out on what we could do to build our thought life. I just want to bear what the word of God says. So I'm reading these studies and the Lord laid on my heart a scripture. I didn't know what the number was, but I knew what the words were. So let me read it to you. It's Psalms 139 and verses 17 and 18. The psalmist said, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me. O God, listen, how great is the sum of them. So the psalmist began to think of all these thoughts and he's like, Man, that's a lot. Well, preacher, surely it's not 6,000. No, let's listen to what the Bible says. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. Ooh, that's a lot of thoughts, right? So I don't know what the studies are saying, but I'll go with what the word of God says, okay? There's a lot of thoughts running through our head, okay? So if they're negative or if they're not a blessing, we should replace them with something that is. That's what this Bible study is all about. Uh, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Now listen to what he said here. A good man, this is Matthew 12 and 35. A good man or a woman. That's your only two choices. You're a man or woman. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. Your heart's up here. It's your brain. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. 
Now I want to read you another scripture and tie those two together. Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Jesus said this, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. So Jesus said, your treasure's not in your stuff. But earlier he said, there is a treasure up in your head. And so he said that we're going to bring it out of our mouth. We're going to bring out whatever's up in our treasure. Jesus called it treasure. So my goal tonight is to, that we would bring up our, build up our treasures in our head. You know, the greatest treasure happens when you confess with your mouth. It's in your heart. Your heart believeth. That's your mind, right? Your thought. Believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto what salvation that's the treasure of a thought that you make and put it into words and it can it can change your world and you know that your mouth can change your world when you have the right thinking behind it say a preacher but it doesn't make you money um it can make you money when you think right so i worked in a movie theater when i was 16 which was like the best job in the world. Why? Because you can watch all the movies that you want and everybody comes to the movie theater. So all the cute girls, I had to wear the little red vest and everything and we ripped tickets. So that's how long ago that it was, okay? And uh, so they all, but uh, one night we had a carpet cleaner. I don't know if you've seen an industrial like uh, buffer. It's what it looked like. It had a carpet cleaning pad on it and a shampoo thing. And with a, with a buffer, you kind of have to hold it just right. It looks like a, like a big vacuum kind of with a big circular orbiting. And it's a very powerful motor, very heavy. And Joe, who is our boss, said, who wants to make some extra money and buff the, the carpet or shampoo the carpets? And this one guy's like, I'll do it. So he tried to get on the thing and it like spun him off, right? Because... If you don't hold it right, uh, it'll spin you off. And uh, he said, no, I'm not going to do it. And I didn't know how to do it. I mean, I looked, the first guy got spun off. But in my mind, I was like, I think I could do that. So I said, I'll do it. And the other guy had already given it up. So I made whatever the extra money we didn't make, but four or five bucks an hour. So it was a blessing. But I had the thought, even though he quit and said, I can't do it. I had this thought. I don't know how it's done but maybe I can figure it out and guess what I made some extra money because I had the thought and I spoke up and I got the job okay that's what Jesus is saying that 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 treasure in your heart now listen to this Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 5 I'm trying to build a theme here it says the thoughts of the diligent that word diligent the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness but of everyone that is an impulse buyer. It says hasty, right? Only to want. That means if you're not thinking about it and you're just kind of going through things, have you ever done that in the store? I have. You're impulse buying because you're hungry. Never go to buy food when you're hungry. You know someone said that? That's why I buy food. Isn't that why you go shopping? There's nothing in your fridge. I always go to the place that I'm hungry. Sometimes we're eating stuff on the way home from the shopping bags, okay? But anyway, uh, if you don't have a list, like I asked my wife, what's the list? 
Because if we don't have a list, we end up spending all kinds of money. When we walk into our shopping store, you know what my wife says? What's the, what's the budget? And I tell her, you know, it's this much, you know, $500, no, it's not $500. So, okay, before we start, remember the 6,000 thoughts a day study, okay? What if someone told you today, here's, here's $6,000, I'm gonna give you this $6,000 at midnight, I need you to spend all of this, all of this money, but you only have 24 hours, you have one day, and you have to spend it all. 6,000 bucks. And I'm gonna do that for you every day. <laughs> now, most of us would probably start making a list. Not me, preacher. When you know your tax refund is coming, you spend it before you get it. No, I don't. In your head. Come on. I'm gonna buy this, and we're gonna do this, and I'm gonna go buy this, and I'm gonna. You haven't even got the money yet. You know it's coming. And you're like, hey, honey, we're going to do this and we're going to go out here and we're going to buy this part. and We're going to, you know, buy this new whatever, you know, oven or whatever. And we, you budget all this stuff out and you spend it all before you even get it. If we spend that much time in our finances, why don't we plan with our thinking? That's, that, that was my, we, we, we do that because I think your thoughts are way more valuable than your money. I've gotten a lot of bonuses in my life growing up, you know, work bonus, safety bonus. You know where all those bonuses are? Neither do I. <laughs> they, they have it where they weren't planned for. But I believe that the first thing, when we replace thoughts that are not right with thoughts, first of all, that are true, and honest, and I'm gonna group these into three groups, okay? True and honest. So what's the opposite of true? False, right? True or false. What's the opposite of honest? Dishonest. So these things together, if they hold hands, they represent our words and our works, the things that we say and the way that we conduct ourselves. Um, have you heard of GIGO, G-I-G-O? So when they're building computers, they began to realize early in computer building that if you put wrong data in, that it would give you it would give you confusion. It wouldn't be able to process the data correctly. Or well, it did, but it was just the bad data. So it would give you bad results. So G-I-G-O, they said if you put garbage data in, you'll get garbage or confusion out. So it means garbage in, garbage out. And that's what GIGO is, okay? So if you put garbage thinking in, you're going to get garbage thinking out. So we've got to put true thoughts in. Someone said this. So the first thing is true and true and honest. You know what the biggest lie in the world is? I read this somewhere and I'm like, oh, that's so true. The biggest lie in the world is the one you tell yourself. I'm no good. I can't do it. That is the biggest lie in the world. And you know why it's so big? Because you're telling it to yourself. You know, I've, you know, I've told some lies in my life, you know, to others is one thing. But when you tell one to yourself, who's going to refute it? Unless you talk to yourself, right? But the Bible says it's a slippery slope, right? Because then you can begin to become a victim and have self-pity and then begin to uh, blame everybody else for your problems. And then 
you get an unwillingness to change, right? Well, because I, I can't change. I, you know, you've told yourself this lie. And then you say this, and maybe you've heard this in today's society. I can't help it. God made me this way. You know, there's a lot of people that are saying that. Well, just God made me this way. I can't change. And then you get mad at everybody else. It's all everybody else's problem. But uh, we like the truth naturally. You know that if you tell someone something that's false, they'll correct it? Hey, that Mustang, that's a 1994. No, that's a 1997. They'll correct you. Why? It's a good way to get information out of people, too. Because <laughs> they'll just correct it. Hey, that's an iPhone 7. No, that's an iPhone 10. We like the truth. We don't like falsehoods. And people will correct us. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart. That's the way to start with truth. Put God's word in your heart. That I might not sin against thee. Jesus said, Sanctify them, them through thy truth. In John 17 and verse 17, thy word is truth. God said the word of God, that's just the truth. The Bible says in Psalm 119 and verse 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So it's an unchanging truth. We need God's word for a baseline. When everything's going crazy, we need to have God's word broadcasting in our heart, in our thoughts. That's a good start for truth. The Bible says this, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The Bible said in Corinthians 13 that love rejoices in the truth. God rejoices in the truth. And if something's true, and you know, that's the thing. When we make a mistake, we don't want to admit it, right? We want to just be like, man, they're going to think less of me. You know what? People will think more of you if you make a mistake. I used to work in the deconstruction business. It's called construction, preacher. Work there and tell me what it is. I mean, you break stuff. I mean, your machines and I don't know how many sidewalks and windows and different things. You don't try it, but it's pretty easy to break stuff. And you got this big, huge truck and so... But to go talk to someone is hard to say, I broke your transmission. I had to do that with my boss. I mean, I was driving their truck. The truck just like $4,000 later. Why don't you blame it on someone? Whether I did it or not on purpose, it was on my watch. I broke it. It was the truth. When you tell the truth, you feel so much better. It's just like a load off. The truth, right? And then honesty. It's the opposite of dishonesty. If there's dishonest thoughts or dishonest things in our life, uh, honesty speaks of how we act in society. It's like true actions. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12, having your conversation, that's not the way you talk, that's the way you live, honest among the Gentiles. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they, might, they may buy your good works, which they shall behold. People see the way you live, right? Glorify God in the day of visitation. People see the way you live. And, you know, they might find fault with the way you do things, but they'll see the way you walk. And that's something that people are watching. They're watching not just our words, but our works. And to have words and works, we have to have the root, which is pure or excuse me, true thoughts. 
and honest thoughts. If there be anything that whatsoever is true and whatsoever is honest. I've thought bad things about people. And I've stopped myself and said, no, I'm not going to think that. Say, well, preacher, it could be true. Well, you know what? It could be true, but I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt. Wouldn't you like the benefit of the doubt? Maybe give someone else the, well, preacher, but they're, they're just a mess. Well, that's their problem. But I don't need to be able to think a bunch of thoughts against someone. If anything, I should be praying for them that God could change them. Let God be true and every man a liar. So the next two things, just and pure. This is kind of the quality of our thoughts. Just and pure. That just like having justice, right? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 5, the thoughts of the righteous are right. But the counsels of the wicked are deceit, not true. You know, a lot of times, uh, it's interesting. I went to shop with a car, for a car with a brother in San Diego. You know all the, the, the car salesmen want to tell you? How much can you afford monthly? They don't tell you about the interest rate. They don't tell you about how much you're paying in interest. They just get you with that. What is it? It's deceiving you so that you'll buy this car and be out. All of this money, you know, 18% interest or something. That's why they finance all these GIs, right? But it's deceit. But the Bible said the thoughts of the righteous, they're right. The Bible said that Jesus is our justifier. Jesus, it's a legal term, but it's right with God. Have you ever heard someone uh, that they would get right with God? Well, that's to have to be justified. It's a legal term. So Romans 3 and 26, it says that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. You know, there's uh, girls that, I don't know if you've heard about this. It was a trend. I don't know if it still is. Maybe you can tell me. Not for boys, but from what I'm about to say. Have you ever heard what a purity ring is for a girl? It, it, so they wear this ring to wait for marriage. That's basically what they do. And it's, it's, it's a sign that they're waiting. Well, I remember that uh, someone told me about my daughter that said, you're going to have to buy a shotgun for her, you know, you know, basically say to ward the boys off. Well, purity rings doesn't say anything in the Bible. Whatever trend you use is I'm not knocking it, but if you want your daughter to be pure, pure thinking is what makes you pure. Not just a ring uh, and pure thinking is what keeps us pure. The Bible says this in, uh, in Titus chapter 1 and verse 15, unto the pure, all things are pure. God makes us pure in our heart. And it says to the undefiled, there's nothing that's pure. They make everything a mess, right? They can just take something nice and just turn it upside down. But the Bible says in Psalms 51 and 10, create in me a clean heart. God, God make me, make my, my mind pure. Make my thoughts pure. Oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the things, um, it was a list of questions from promise keepers about, one, about men being pure. And it was what you would give to someone to keep, they call them an accountability partner. Have you ever heard of that? Someone that would, a man would keep you accountable. And it was like seven questions. And one of the questions was, you know, you'd ask this to someone. Uh, 
have you viewed uh, any sexually explicit things today? And it was something you would ask every day to this accountability partner. And the last question out of the seven is, did you lie to me? <laughs> because, you know, a lot of us, well, oh, no, no, of course not. Were you speeding? No, sir, no, officer. Did you lie? But you know that what we need to work on is not just the truth, but the truth and the purity. God, let me be true, but God, let me be pure. People are looking at my life. Let me think pure things. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, there's, you know, there's beautiful women everywhere. And I'm a guy, so there's beautiful women everywhere. But, you know, they're a soul too. And my, my pastor said, do we look at a woman? Now I'm a guy, okay? Do we look at a woman? If you're a woman, look at a man, okay? Do you look at that person as a body that has a soul or as a soul that has a body? And how we look at them is going to determine. I'm not saying we don't notice an attractive woman uh, or a handsome man, I guess. I don't say, I don't think a guy being hot, but you know, a girl goes, oh, he's hot. I mean, but that's what guys say. I don't know what girls say, but, but it's not wrong to notice. That's, uh, you know, an attractive person. But wait a second. Beyond that, let me be pure. That's someone's daughter. That's someone that's not my spouse. Um, there's things that your spouse can do for you, but let's keep our minds pure. And why? Because the pure things, we can keep a constant, here's the key. Because I want a constant communication with God. Because there's always opportunities that God gives to give blessings. Remember that story about washing the carpets? There was an opportunity. If I wasn't paying attention, I would have missed it. If we're paying attention to God, there's a lot of blessings that God has for us. The last thing, lovely and of good report. How do we describe our world? This shows kind of how people talk about us. When we have these thoughts... These things will be how people think of us. Oh man, they're all right. They're, they're, they're a beautiful person. They have a good testimony, a good report. The Bible says, uh, uh, what, do we, what, do we, what do we pass on? You know, there's a lot of negative stuff and I've been guilty of this, okay? You read some shocking story in the news. It doesn't take long to find one. What do you do? Hey, did you know what I read? You know, this guy, you know, this lady, and you know, it's Florida man, you know, it's some, some outrageousness, right? But it's not glorifying God, and you pass it on. Can you believe that? And you just pass it on. Or, you know, some, something that borders on gossip. It's just tempting. It's like tempting. It's like junk food thinking, right? But is it lovely? And what I'm saying to think these things, you know, I know you have to pass on warnings and there's things in preaching, there's warnings, but does our, does our brain attach? The word lovely means to love towards, like attracting, like, like, like a magnet attracts those little metal filings. Do our thoughts attract lovely thoughts or does it attract like, when I was a kid, they said, get your mind out of the... Gutter, right? It was, you know, it was a place where there was a bunch of slime and stuff. Well, we need to have our mind elevated. There was a, a song that we sing, right? Or a chorus. Elevate your mind. Let's get out of the gutter. No, elevate your mind. Let's go higher. Let's have lovely thoughts. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. That's the first thing. When God and the fruit of our mind is, is, is lovely, God's going to begin to put lovely thoughts in desiring good things in our mind. 
good report. A good testimony. The things that are of a good report, you can pass on. You know, someone gets a promotion at work, pass it on. Someone uh, breaks their leg because they're having an affair, don't pass it on. I mean, there's stuff that you might know. You don't have to pass it on. Did you hear? Praise God. I'm not going to share that. You know, But we can just pass on things that are of a good report. And it's the good reputation. And you know what? When someone dies, you know what they give? One thing, one pe- some people call it a funeral. But <clears throat> ecclesiastically, we call it something else. We call it a eulogy. Have you ever heard that? You know what that means? Good word. That's what it means from the Greek. Eulogia, right? Say something good about the person. You don't lie about them, but say something good about them. A good report. The Bible says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. For by it the elders obtained a good report. A good report card. You know the last psalm? It said, If there be any virtue and if there be any praise... If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, just think on these things. When we elevate and organize our thoughts, then our speech is going to be different, our works are going to be different, and our results, brother, I guarantee you this, they'll be different. The last psalm, uh, the Bible says, the last psalm and the last verse of all the psalms, it says this, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Why? If there be any praise. When you're thinking on it, it'll come out of your mouth. It's awesome. I, I, so there was a gentleman named Stuart Hamblin. I don't know if you've heard of him. He was a country singer back in the early 1900s. And he had this song, um, I won't go hunting with you, Jake, but I'll go chasing women. And you say, well, preacher, what kind of song is that? He went to a Billy Graham revival. In 1949, he was like a top L.A. West Coast radio personality. And he got saved. And he got fired from his advertising job because he wouldn't advertise alcohol. The man was changed in his thinking. John Wayne offered him a drink and he said, "Uh, no thanks. To John Wayne, who was quite a, uh, a star back at the time. And Stuart Hamblin said, It's no secret what God can do. What he did for me, he can do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It's no secret what God can do. And he wrote that into a song. What I'm saying is that his songs became different. He became a gospel recording star. You might not have heard of him because this is back in the you know, the 50s or whatever. But his conversion changed Billy Graham's ministry. You might not know this. There were small crowds before this man came. After he came, the crowds began to increase in size because they wanted to come hear him and see him. You know what? One person changing their thinking because we have the mind of Christ, it can have great results. Whether it's in a Billy Graham revival, in our career, but it was the same man that wrote both songs. You can listen to him online. It's like, that's two different people. It's the same man with a changed heart when God got into his 
thinking, replacing our thoughts, replacing our thoughts with praise. And anything, if it can't be praised, if it can't be something that we're praising God for, if we pose that template, that blueprint, let me change it, God. Just let me change it to something I can praise God for. And God bless you as you spend your 6,000 thoughts. I can't give you $6,000 unless we have Bible books. But I can give you 6,000 thoughts that you can have, maybe, maybe more if you think a lot, right? But let's spend them wisely. And uh, maybe you can write a song or a poem tomorrow. You know, stuff will come to you that can really bless someone else. And maybe it's that scripture that someone needs to hear at the stoplight. No! Have you ever invited someone to church at a stoplight? I have. We were in a challenge. I mean, in the traffic, I got out of my car and just handed him a church card. And he accepted it. Why? Because I was thinking about it. You'd be amazed what you can do. Put your phone away and just think when you're driving. And uh, my wife would be much happier when I do that. <laughs> Grabs it out of my hand, right? Amen. So let's, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, that you will deal with our hearts. That we, If there be any praise, if our hearts can begin to focus on praising you in our thoughts, with the quality of our thoughts, that their things would be true, that they would be that would be honest, that would be just, that would be pure, that would be lovely, that would be of good report. And by that, with any virtue, any praise, that we think on these things. And that, God, you would show us the results and the quality of our life and our thought life and our peace and our joy that come out of only thinking thoughts and taking every thought captive in the obedience of Jesus Christ. And uh, pulling down strongholds that the enemy erects by these thoughts that are protected through your word. In Jesus' name, amen.